Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to our next session here of the Creo Collective podcast. I'm Tim with my co-host and good friend, Mr. Mike Gerald. Mike, how you doing today? He's doing great. What's up? You that. <laughs> I think he was muted there for a second. Thank you for speaking for me. I'm I doing great. All day. I got this. But uh, today, we are going to be continuing our conversation around those things that we hold closely here in Creo. And we're going to be talking about risk and adventure today. So to do that, we need to probably define it a little bit, maybe talk around what we mean and what risk and adventure really is as we follow Jesus Christ. And so, Mike, help me understand, when we say we value risk and adventure, what on earth do we mean? You tell me, Tim. What do you think risk and adventure Oh, you, you hug. I see how you did that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I think I think we were talking about this right right beforehand, and so I'm literally going to take what Mike has said and just make it sound like it's my own. But when I think about risk and adventure, um, I think it's the opposite of safety and security or stagnation, right? It's the opposite of what we know. And I think so often our natural instincts are to fall in line with what we know or to create laws and structures that will guide us instead of being willing to listen to the spirit and to step out boldly and take large risks or be willing to adventure with Christ and in relationship with others. So that's Mike. That's, that's my definition now. Uh, how would how would you come alongside that? Do you agree? Do you think I'm crazy? I mean, they are your thoughts, but so you um, you might have heard the the phrase that uh, when you start something new, it's only new for for one time. You know, if you gathered a group of people and then you did it again the following week, there would already be people on week two that would say, well, "We didn't do it that way last week." And so there's this sort of tendency that people have to drop into routine and we are creatures of habit. And so to break out of comfort and uh, predictability in, in favor of attempting something new or going to an unfamiliar place or engaging a person that we don't already know is to is to step out of you know what what you might consider the norm or uh, what is already known and jesus was always taking people into new places and together they were encountering new people and they were doing a variety of different things and i think in the same way the faith journey should be anything but predictable um, should be anything but just familiar and routine. I mean, let's put it this way. With, with Jesus, um, you did not know at the beginning of a day where you would end up at the end of the day. You could be, you could be anywhere. I think the disciples, after weeks of being with Jesus, were like, we have no idea what's in store. 
for today. And it was an absolute roller coaster ride, a thrill ride every day. We could be on a boat. We could be, you know, sitting with uh, prostitutes and tax collectors. We could be hugging leprous people. We, we could be in a city. We could be in a country. We could be on a mountain. We, we could be in a desert. We have no idea what this day is going to hold. And yet, you almost get the sense that people with a label Christian have this, on Sunday morning we're here, on Wednesday night we're here, <laughs> we're going to sit around in this same living room. And so there's a, a sort of idea of we already know what we're going to do. There's no mystery. There's no adventure. There, there's no sort of danger or unfamiliar territory. And I, I think part of to follow Jesus means you better put your boots on because Jesus was on the move. <laughs> he was he was going places. To follow Jesus me- meant that you were going to you were going to um, hit the trail. You know. So let me ask you though, if 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 Christ is our model, right? So he he's the model. He's the one that we we should be looking towards and saying, you know, as he went, so will we go. As he took steps, so will we take steps. We will follow in his direction. If if that is our model, why do you think we've been co-opted or corrupted? Because if that's our model, I don't see the church really embracing risk or taking risk. I don't see the church like living in an adventure. It's really sort of this stagnant, uh, you come, you participate, we feed environment. We're not pushing the church to embrace what you just talked about. Jesus didn't know where he was going to do. He didn't know how he was going to be provided for, and yet he trusted that he would be. So why why is it, how have we been corrupted? What are we looking towards? I think by I think naturally people are risk averse. I think there's a, a fear of the unknown. I, I think so that just naturally nature, right then is just we're not going to embrace those things or follow that. That's our our baseline, is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I think I think the people sort of. Uh, um, yeah, they they fear they fear stepping out of what they're currently doing. Let me put it this way: I think it's easier to just stay on the couch. And you know, if you went out that night with a group of people, it'd be a great time. And like that, I had a lot of fun. I'm I'm sure glad that I got off the couch tonight. But it's easier to just stay on the couch. And I think uh, we we don't want to upset people too much, so we sort of accommodate that a bit. You, you don't want to push them too hard because people get angry. They'll walk away, leave. Um, you know, but I like to say that people who are walking on the faith journey with us, we want to step on their toes. We want to challenge them. We want we want them to get out of their comfort zone. There should be an element to, you know, you gather a group of people who say they want to follow Jesus. Maybe you say, all right, everybody get up. We're leaving my house. We're going to this other location. We're going to help these people. They didn't even know when they showed up that they were going to do that. But, hey, let's go. Or we're going to go on this hike. We're going to pray. We got we got some people to watch the kids. We got some sitters here at the house. Leave your kids. Let's go. You're going to get some time of prayer and solitude and 
you know, seeking the voice of the Father, and you take people out of a normal element. Oh, we thought we were going to be at Tim's house on Thursday night eating chowda, right? Like, where are we going? What What is happening right now? And I, I think we need to have a bit of unpredictability of Jesus. That's part of the journey. First of all, Mike, excellent pronunciation of chowda. Uh, I thought you did a great job. <laughs> but I think I think you're right. Like, the unpredictability-ness is something that we need to invite people into. And I think it all just comes down to like modeling and way of life as, as basic as that seems, but we all like, we have to be people that are willing to participate in those things. And so, yeah, like our natural instinct is to be risk averse. I think the question I had for you while you were, you were, you were talking is what do you say though to people who respond with the simple, you know, well, that's just not my personality. Uh, Cause I think that can be true but that doesn't mean that we're not to be pushed and maybe adventure will look a little bit different for them, but the idea should still ring the same, right? We don't fall back still to what we know. And I think your example, again, of sitting on a couch, that is the easiest thing to do. And sorry, I didn't, I didn't want to cut you off. Did you want no, to it's great. I, I, <laughs> I think it's, I think it's all, uh, this is a very important conversation because I think that uh, what what actually sucks the life out of you is what's easier. I mean, to, to sit around and do nothing, you literally just die inside. There's there's no life energy. Like, wow, that was amazing. And there's something about stepping out into unfamiliar territory, doing something that might be terrifying to you. It gets the blood pumping through your body, creates memories that you share stories about later on and go, that's when I lived. That's when I was alive. And we're inviting people to actually live, but it's but it's terrifying. It's easier to to just sit and exist, but not really live. And those are those are not moments that we tell our one day tell our grandchildren about. So, <laughs> like you, you forget about those hours and days and years that were just wasted, um, you know, sitting in inactivity. But God's people are meant to be the the courageous, risk taking, you know, stepping into a broken world. People, if you think about it, though. Uh, much of what we've we've done with sort of a idea of attractional church is how do we get these people to come to us? We're asking spiritually immature or not even alive people to take the scary, risky step of coming into an environment that they're unfamiliar with, and and you know coming into this group of people that they don't know, right? And so we're, we're, we're asking them to take all these like wild, adventurous steps toward Jesus instead of encouraging the people who should be the ultimate risk takers like Jesus, stepping out into our culture, into our neighborhoods, into our city, into our workplace, um, it, taking the awkward step of getting to know people that we don't know or going into environments that we're not familiar with as good news people, ambassadors, missionaries. We should be the, the ones that take that step, but we're actually asking the people that were on mission too. 
<laughs> to take the step of courage and risk. We're going to sit here in our predictable format doing the same thing that we always do. Why don't you come to us <laughs> in this environment that is totally foreign to you with people that you don't know in a place that, that in your mind, you're thinking, if I step into that place, I'll probably burn. I literally um, had that, that conversation last night with someone. Like, I can't yep. come to church because I will burn. And I was like, first of all, you won't. <laughs> Let me just be clear. This is where you I've won't. only seen it happen once, dude. <laughs> it's it's just, it's crazy, right? We're going, you take the risk, you step out of your comfort zone. We're we're telling the people that we should be courageously, you know, going to and reaching out to the same way that Jesus left the comfort of of heaven and entered humanity and experienced, you know, all sorts of uh, brokenness and pain and fatigue and uh, blue collar labor and, you know, feeling rejected and mistreated and suffering and dying and all of that. A, a, a Jesus who came on this heroic mission into this, into this broken place and says, as the Father sends me, I send you. And then all of us are going, nah, we're just going to create our environment that's super predictable and tell people to show up. Yeah, not only that, then we're going to make it a bunch of males up front. So we're going to exclude whole portions of the population. <laughs> just And oh, they'll probably be upper middle class. So if if you feel left out, you probably are. <laughs> it, uh yeah. Yeah. Come and come and, uh, you know, be in an environment with a bunch of white upper class Republican dudes. <laughs> I think that's what, Are you kidding me? Really? I think that's what I love about like when you look at the life of Jesus, I think what you're talking about is this idea of risk on our part too, like as followers of Christ even myself as a, as a, as a shepherd of a body, there is a, a calculated risk that I need to take with sending people out with multiplying and trusting, okay, go and be disciples, right? Instead of, instead of expecting people to walk through our doors, we're saying, I'm going to walk next door. And so what I'm telling you is don't come to our four walls. We're going to come to yours. And he sends the 72 out. We see that, right, in, in Matthew. And, and it's just this incredible picture. Are these even, like, people of faith at this point? We know later on some of these people walk away from Christ. Yeah, he, he took the calculated risk to send them out so that they would proclaim his name. And I think too often we hold with this vice grip around how we must convey Jesus to people instead of saying, you know what, I'm going to trust you that you can convey Jesus because you have the Holy Spirit inside of you and you can take the risk of declaring the truth and the hope of Jesus Christ. You can offer to others the freedom that he has given you through just simple declaration and way of life. And you can take that risk now. You can go adventure and be with your neighbor. You can sit in your home and have them in for a movie and then talk about how you see Christ in that movie. It's, it's so simple. Yeah, we've made it so complex. I think we think risk is only for a church planter 
or risk is only for a pastor or risk is only for an evangelist. It, the reality is risk is for all of us. All of us are to be active participants, taking risks, declaring the good news of Jesus Christ. Like that's, that's the reality. And we all get the privilege to participate in the adventure. I think too often we, we miss that idea that it's a privilege that we get to participate. And I think that's what's so incredible about this idea of risk and adventure is it's exciting. It's exciting. So stop sitting in what we know. I think about when the first time I went to an amusement park, right? So I got to go to Bush Gardens in Virginia. And so A, I'm by myself, you know, it's just me and my cousin. And we have this opportunity. Do we go on the Kraken or not? And it's this calculator risk. We're like, okay, I'm going to do it. It was the best roller coaster I have ever been on. And we proceeded to go on it, you know, five more times because the adventure was better and better every time. Then soon, I think our third time on this roller coaster, I remember being like to people, hey, come and do this with us. Like I'm, I'm this teenager, have no clue who these people are and inviting them into the adventure of this roller coaster. That, that the is Kraken. the Kraken. I hope I'm remembering the name right. Is <laughs> more maybe it's just this weird memory. It was the blue roller coaster. That's what I know. I believe it was the Kraken <laughs> at Bush Gardens, Virginia. And man, it was incredible. That same excitement is the excitement we get to carry into declaring who Jesus is in our lives. And for some reason, it's become this like laissez-faire, hands-off thing. And it's like, no, no. This is cool. Like following Jesus is really cool. Oh, you think you're going to burn? That's okay. I'm going to sit with you. And, and I want you to know how much Jesus loves you. Oh, you want to go on the Kraken? Let's go on the Kraken and we'll talk about Jesus together. It's, it's just one of those things where I just think we make it so complex and it is so simple. Risk and adventure is there. It's ours for the taking. Yeah, I think I think it's as simple as just saying uh-huh to Jesus. And I, I think if you overthink it and you, you feel like you have to have all these plans and this well-thought-out process, you'll always talk yourself out of taking a step of adventure. What I mean by that is it, it can be very small or very big. I mean, it could be very small in that uh, we're sitting around the dinner table the other night talking with our kids and we're talking about the story of the the rich young ruler and talking about how we're all rich as Americans. We're rich. We're all rich. And that led to this conversation of, okay, what are we going to do that that would be loving or generous? And we were going out for ice cream, right? And we talked about this uh, statistic that I had heard years ago that what America spends each year on ice cream would solve world hunger. And so we together said, you know what? Um, why don't we, when we go out for ice cream, we're just going to buy someone else's ice cream. <laughs> Tim, we said, we said to the person in the line behind us, hey, we got your ice cream. And the guy's like, no, 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 I'm good. We, we couldn't. I couldn't do that. No, I, I, I'm good. I'm okay. As if we like offered a kidney or something. We're like, no, nah, it's ice cream. He's like, but I was going to get two. We're like, we'll get two. <laughs> No problem. We got it. And people just aren't used to that. It created this sort of like buzz at the at the ice cream shop of this like 
generosity to buy two ice cream cones. That's just like vanity. So, vanity. so unusual for people. But I'm but I'm telling you, it's like simple things like like that or you decide, all right, we're going to go to dinner, but we're going to leave a 50% tip for the waitress. Completely blow their minds, right? But it's this act of love or generosity, and, and you become that person that every time you show up, you're an incredible blessing to someone who oftentimes gets stiffed or, you know, talked down to or mistreated or people are unappreciative. Um, but it could be as small as something like that, um, or, you know, I, I just talked to a, a guy that's part of one of our micro churches that, that just said, you know what, I've always wanted to bike across the United States. And so he decided to say yes to biking across the U S he didn't overthink it. He had a lot of people that told him he was nuts, but he, he, uh, planned out this path, got a friend to go with him. And the two of them loaded their bikes on a plane, flew to California, started out at the Santa Monica Pier, and they biked all the way across the country and finished at Virginia Beach. And their story was unbelievable. And he talked about the metaphors for life and how many times he felt like quitting or he was going uphill with the wind blowing in his face for five miles in a desert Right. And he like wanted to quit, but he talks about how just continuing to go and the things that he saw and, you know, how many times he's felt like that in life in general. But he, he's going, I always wanted to take this trip. And I just said, yes, I did it. And it was the greatest decision. I felt alive and I got all these stories and I met all these people and I saw God come through in all these incredible ways or met these women who we just packed all these bags for them, um, but they decided to say yes to helping out the tent city in Harrisburg. So you get all these homeless people um, living under bridges and um, you know wh wherever they can pop tents up in a city. And uh, they, they decided we're gonna do something about it. So rather than overthinking it, they said yes to, yeah, sure, God, we'll just get some food and take it take it down to these people. Well, Tim, what that's turned into is they're they're cooking a hundred meals a week. A hundred meals a week and taking a hundred meals a week into the tent city. Now when I'm talking to them, Tim, they're saying like, yeah, so and so's gluten free. And so we do a customized meal for him and this guy always likes coffee, so we pick up a coffee on the way for him. And they, I mean, they know everyone's name. They're like, this one's a hugger. This one will kiss you if you don't watch out, right? I mean, just the 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 stories that they have, and they they are driven by by love. But they just said yes, and it's changed their lives. And all these people are blessed. And now so many other people have jumped on board with that, and are providing supplies and going with them. And I think it's as small as buying someone a coffee and potentially as large as feeding a hundred homeless people a week. And, and mind you, if you're going, I couldn't do that. I couldn't afford that. These, these women were living off food stamps and they're feeding a hundred people a week. It's unbelievable. I, I think it's the simplicity of just saying, uh-huh to, to Jesus on Monday or Tuesday or Friday. I, 
I hear that, and I I think that is this reminder that when we say "uh huh," it has nothing to do with us. <laughs> like even the risk and adventure, they have nothing to do with us. And it's almost like, and honestly, Mike, I think part of this whole this whole conversation that we're having today is we're asking our listeners to basically walk away and be like, "Uh huh, okay, God, like this week, right now, tomorrow." Do you want me to buy two ice creams? We heard we heard what that will do. It'll be crazy. Like, uh-huh. Do you want me to feed the homeless? Uh-huh. Do you want me to walk across the street and just say hi to my neighbor? I think it's that's such an amazing challenge for us. Like, it's very literally saying, uh-huh. And so I think I don't want to go, you know, too much farther here. We have a couple more subjects. I do want to clarify. I looked up the roller coaster that I went on because I, I had to be. It was the Alpengeist, not the Kraken. I have also been on the Kraken. That is in SeaWorld, not Bush Gardens. They are both blue and white. So, in my defense, my memories blurred together. But for, for the one listen for the one <laughs> listener on this podcast that's going the Kraken, I put my five year old on the Kraken. That's not that's not a scary ride at all. Tim's talking about risk and adventure. He can't even ride a toddler ride. Oh man. Needless to say, it was still a great adventure. And that's what I want to ask our listeners to today. Right? Will you participate and say uh-huh to Jesus this week in some way? For myself. Yeah, and, and oh, Tim, oh. And Tim, yeah, Tim, I, I have one other sort one of tip. And I think that is, if, if you don't take action within 60 seconds, you're not going to do it. You'll, oh. you'll talk yourself out of it, or you'll Here I am about it. to close the podcast now, and now you're at... <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you know, I, someone said to me, delayed obedience is disobedience. And so most of the action that I don't take is, is not because yeah, I, I say no, it's because I say later. It's, I, oh, yeah, I'll do that later. I'll do that next week. And then it doesn't happen. And you got great intentions. But if you don't take action within 60 seconds, either doing it then or putting it on your calendar. So you could either take action in that moment or you could put on your calendar Thursday night, 6 o'clock, we're doing this. Schedule it or do it or it's not going to happen. Yeah. Slow obedience is no obedience. That's, that's the, the Monaghan motto. That's what we roll with. Wow, that's a Mike new challenge here. So we're asking our listeners. We're like this is a tangible step we're asking them to take today. First, to say aha uh-huh to Jesus in some way. Second, Mike laying down the gauntlet, asking and saying, "If you don't do it in twenty in sixty seconds, you're not going to do it." So. Tim just upgraded it to 20 seconds. <laughs> 20 you seconds. don't have a minute. You got 20 seconds. Go. Tim, you're done listening. You need to have an answer. No, but take that minute and figure out, okay, God, how can I say uh-huh to you this week? For myself, Tim Monahan, here with Mr. Mike Gerald, like always, if you have any questions, you can email him. He will answer them all. We thank you for listening. We will see you on the other side.